SAFM 104-107 Nationwide. Thank you so much for your voice notes. Keep them coming as we shift gear because the West African regional bloc ECOWAS is pleading with the three junta-led Burkina Faso, Niger and Mali to reconsider their decision to quit the political and economic alliance. And some commentators believe that this will not only affect the region's economy, but it will also affect the democracy of the region. The three leaders say that the West African body has fallen under the influence of foreign powers, therefore betraying the founding principles and uh, just uh, how much power do these three countries hold in uh, ECOWAS and could they really bring down the region as analysts are believing to help us understand this we joined in the studio by Nixon Katembo of course you know Nixon Katembo is an African affairs analyst and producer here at uh, Channel Africa hey uh, and and um, Nixon, happy to... Where are we? When's Thursday? Okay. Yeah. It's fine. Either way, we're there somewhere. I, happy. Un- <laughs> I understand. I, I hope you received the flower yesterday because no. those ones can be confusing I can buy myself sometime. flowers. Yes, I know. So, <laughs> I can buy but, but also having a special gift from oh, someone closer, I would expect that... We uh, are not going there. <laughs> we are going to... We are going to ECOWAS. <laughs> First, I'm mean, at a base level for those that may not know the dynamics. Explain what ECOWAS is and what role it plays in the West African region. Now, well, ECOWAS is a, a, it's called the Economic Community of the West African States. Mm-hmm. In other words, bringing all these uh, uh, state members under one economic uh, community. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a vision, a common currency, but also free movement of goods and people. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you see uh, in terms people can move from Nigeria to Ghana to to Niger or to Benin just With ease. on the basis of, of the so does movement of people and so it's more or less what we see in SADC at the moment mm-hmm. but with the much more developed um, policies in terms of implementation so uh, that is in a nutshell uh, ECOWAS. So how do we get to the point where uh, the three countries, the junta-led countries, Burkina Faso, Niger and Mali, uh, quit the, uh, the ECOWAS? I think, uh, Kathy, we have to, um, I mean, um, KG. We don't even look alike. <laughs> <laughs> Apology for that. It's I remember fine. a caller calling you, Kathy. So <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I, I'm used to having Kathy it's and fine. you at the same time. So um, we have to look at uh, key pointers on what is uh, pushing these leaders to get into the decision that they make. And I think for me, uh, it's uh, one, the recklessness of West African leaders mm-hmm. uh, in pushing these countries a sort of a rebellion. Uh, one would recall that they, they have been uh, uh, imposing sanctions on those countries and those sanctions are eventually affecting the economies of those countries, but more, more importantly, the people. For example, for the case of Niger, uh, 
Nigeria, which supply uh, um, electricity to Niger, just decide to cut electricity. In other words, you, you, you make a sanctions a sort of a collective punishment rather than engaging the leader. And then after engaging them, if the engagement failed, then you look for alternative means of, 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 of uh, restoring the constitutional order in a way that he, it is a vision. But more importantly, the question is, does the people, even themselves in Niger or Burkina Faso or Mali, um, buy into uh, their leaders' uh, uh, plans of actions in the way that they, they are doing them? Mm. The second uh, aspect that uh, uh, has come out, apart from the recklessness of the West African leaders, mm. is the is is the Af uh, West African leaders at the same time acting as a vassal state for French colonialism. And when I mean French colonialism, is is how France has dominated much of these uh, West African countries. Mm. Uh, you look at um, some of the fourteen countries having their national reserve currency in France. Mm. In other words, they do not control the economy, and that is um, a point of 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 a bone of contention between the position that these three countries that have taken a coup d'etat and chasing France out of their country, mm. uh, pitting those who still align to uh, French neocolonial imperialism. Yeah, that is one aspect. The th the third one though is these countries, is the three. They are trying to break away from what I would call a French imperial colonialism and take control of their own natural resources uh, and also make sure that those natural resources benefit the people within mm -hmm. those three countries. Mm -hmm. Hence the formation of the alliance of the Sahel uh, state that they did. it. So um, also the the third point would be those uh, um, uh, leaders going against the establishment of, of French military bases across West Africa. Mm -hmm. Now you look at it like Mali when it, it was still, the crisis was happening. Mm -hmm. The French uh, army was there. Germany was there. And you call several uh, European um, uh, uh, armies were part of this problem of saying that no, we are fighting terrorism in these three countries, mm. namely Mali, Burkina Faso, and and uh, and, uh, and and Niger. Mm. And one wonder why, mm -hmm. why this terrorism that started almost uh, around twenty. Uh, Thirteen. I mean, in 2014, immediately after the the, the overthrow of Muammar Gaddafi, uh, has spread across West Africa, and these are the questions that these West African leaders, particularly those who led the coups, are uh, are leading. And I never forget the Americans as well establishing a base, a drone base, which costed about 10 billion US dollars. I mean, 10 million US dollars to construct mm. in Niger, mm. but also having a joint military operation between West Africa, this West African state, under the operation of Fleet Flood that happened in Ouagadougou and Burkina Faso. Yet, the aim is to combat terrorism and uh, insecurity in, in the Sahel region 
yet they are not able to deal with that insecurity. So those are the main challenges that actually has come out in the broader sense of what is happening. And for ECOWAS to act in a way that they act in by imposing sanctions, sanctions that are impact on the local population mm. on top of the security that has been uh, uh, bedveiling the region and ravaging communities, impacting on their daily lives, then one wonder why would such a measures be taken? And yeah. this is the questions that those three leaders in Niger, Burkina Faso, and Mali are taking. But also, you have to look it, uh, at it from the broader geopolitical questions. The emergence of Russia in Mali, in Niger, and in Burkina Faso versus the American presence and the French being rooted out of that region, in particular in these three countries. So what is the economic impact, seeing that ECOWAS was built uh, for the advancement of the economies of these countries in the first place? What is the economy, if, if uh, the three were to uh, not reconsider their decision to quit, uh, Burkina, I mean, Burkina Faso, uh, Niger and Mali, if they were not to reconsider their decision to quit, what is the economic implication on the collective block and also on them as individual junta-led countries? One, we have to look at several aspects. Mm -hmm. One is the geographical location of these countries. One, they are landlocked. Mm. That is a factor. But also, what is their position within the broader uh, uh, Equus community? The second is what are their the objective in leaving the Equus and forming the allies of the Sahel uh, uh, countries? is to really reclaim the economic sovereignty that they feel have been uh, over the years controlled by Western powers, namely France, mm. for that matter. Now, the impact, how is it going to be felt? Of course, as a landlocked country, you have to trade with other countries. Yeah. And I don't know how these... <laughs> these countries are dealing with that particular um, uh, aspect in terms of the geographical locations. Mm -hmm. However, these countries, they have even got to the extra length of disassociating themselves with the French uh, CFA currency, which is now allowed their currency to be controlled by France. This means give them a greater leverage in, in real economic terms to control their economy positively for the benefit of their people, but mm. also achieving their own objective that they set themselves out uh, in when they took these uh, uh, um, uh, uh, countries mm -hmm. by military coups. Mm. Now, you have to look at what has been happening now. And I, and I, and I, and I guess uh, uh, it is interesting that ECOWAS has expressed willingness to negotiate with those countries to come back to the table mm -hmm. because they understand that it might shift the economic dynamics within the region if these countries get independent, uh, economic independence, so per se to speak. That is one aspect. The second aspect is that uh, 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 this is going to, to kind of uh, allow the countries to move towards improving 
the lives uh, of their people mm -hmm. as they set out those objectives. And you would be surprised, uh, KG, that in the past three, two years to three years in between uh, uh, now and since the coup happened, mm -hmm. country like Niger had about 6.9% economic growth mm -hmm. in Niger alone. Now, this was dictated by, for example, the, the, the agriculture output uh, being, being increased, mm -hmm. uh, the energy uh, and the extraction industry. Uh, re recall, uh, Niger is one of the largest producing countries of uh, uranium, which uh, then was exported to France at 60 cents per kilo. Well, on international market, it is 200 uh, euros. Yeah. And this is what the, uh, the payment that France was paying to Canada and Kazakhstan, mm -hmm. uh, and yet to pay uh, Niger 60, 60 cents per, mm. per kilo. So, so you see the economic imbalance, this economic imbalances there. Mm. But once France get kicked out, of of the of the of of a country, for example, Niger in this particular case, Niger, which was one of the poorest, was ranked one of the poorest nation, uh, I think the fourth poorest nation in the world. Now all of a sudden, after kicking out France, they have a six point nine percent economic growth, mm. quote unquote, and the military junta. Yeah, so. The question is to able to ask the nexus between governance, the nature of governance, and the well-being of the country, but they also the economic benefits that that uh, seeks to improve the lives of the people. That's six, that's interesting to me. That six percent growth uh, that that you say is happening under the junta-led government is that a six percent growth post the economy? Because there's these heavily imposed economic sanctions previously on uh, Mali and Niger. This six percent growth that you're talking about is post those sanctions. Now, these these are these these are economic growth uh, index that is that uh, were posted by the World Bank and the IMF mm -hmm. during the sanctions mm. during the sanction regime on on Niger alone the second country that you look at is Burkina Faso for example mm -hmm. Burkina Faso grew last year by 4.3% and also same trend of economic growth in the extractive industry the agriculture, the reformation of the decision of, of, of the state, uh, uh, SOE that do not function and that they have been restructured to benefit the people, not to benefit the um, um, uh, companies that come from France and elsewhere to benefit from, from the, these institutions and then export the profit out of the country uh, uh, under so quote-unquote uh, privatization. There's almost a redefinition on the ground of uh, the economic dynamics of uh, the primary ECOWAS countries. Um, and it doesn't, on the outside, uh, if I can gauge by analysis, look like uh, there is even 
an interest or an appetite for the three countries to go back to ECOWAS? Whether that interest will happen, it wait to see. Because I was still talking about this uh, economic growth. And you look at, for example, also Mali. Mm-hmm. In 2022, after the coup, despite the sanction, the country grew by 5.1%. Mm. And last year, it grew by uh, uh, 5.3% and next year it projected to grow by 5.7%. And, and, and who analyzes these growths? These are World Bank and the IMF data. Pause there. <laughs> Let's go to the news headlines because this is fascinating. And then we'll continue our conversation with Nixon Katembo, Pen African, I mean African Affairs Analyst and uh, Producer at uh, Channel Africa. And uh, at the heart of our discussion is uh, ECOWAS and how ECOWAS is, bleed- is pleading uh, for the three junta-led countries of Burkina Faso, Niger and Mali to reconsider their decision to quit um, the political and Economic Alliance. Amudubi Mahalemele is standing by with the news headlines. At 11.31, we are in conversation with Nixon Katembo, African Affairs Analyst and uh, Producer at Channel Africa. And uh, at the heart of our conversation is the possible collapse of ECOWAS. And if it were to collapse, what does that mean? And uh, he's my guest in the studio. There's a, a WhatsApp that came through from one of our listeners, Nixon. It reads, I support these three countries. They must refuse Refuse to remain with puppets. They are true revolutionaries, and the hope of enti- of the entire continent is on them. That uh, WhatsApp is from you, Daniel. And Daniel is correct. Um, I, I think the African continent generally we have been carried away by the notions of democratizations and uh, good governance and and uh, many other uh, words that I'm not saying that there shouldn't be a democratic process. It should, surely it is needed. But the question of economic development and therefore after economic development, you look at the issues of socioeconomic justice for the people of this continent, which is endowed with so much wealth, yet called the poorest continent mm. is so heartbreaking for some of us who follow event on this continent. And for those leaders to come up with such a measures that seeks to spur, in other words, uplift the economic lives and the, and the, and the social well-being of the people through economic growth, it is something to hang on and say, what happened? What? I, w- I would imagine that ECOWAS leaders would go to these uh, three coup leaders in Mali, Burkina Faso, Niger, and hang on. We have imposed the sanction on you. Uh, you are left out of the market. You are landlocked. What is it that you are doing that's making you grow? That's making your economies grow mm. so that we can learn and if there is anything that need to be adapted as echoes, let us discuss that. Instead of imposing as a collective, as a collective, instead of imposing foolish sanctions, look at our neighbor next door, Zimbabwe. Mm-hmm. Since the sanction we imposed, what have happened? 
It was meant, quote unquote, to deal with the leaders on top. Mm -hmm. But who is suffering? The people. The everyday Zimbabweans. And, and, and I think we need to start thinking along those lines. What is it that the continent needs? Economic growth, upliftment of the people, socioeconomic justice, and so on. On top of good governance. We don't just sing good governance and then vilify those, for example, those who have taken a coup d'etat to, to, to kick out these mm. Western col colonial and neoliberal neo policies mm. that seeks to oppress the people and allow the people remain in poverty. So, I mean, do you see it collapsing, ECOWAS? Well, I think it has exposed the extent and which of hypocrisy mm -hmm. of West African leaders in terms of their, uh, their, 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 their so-called democracies, right? Because in any case, any democratic processes have to be about the economic development of the people, mm -hmm. economic stability, good governance. Ideally. And, ideally, mm -hmm. and so on. But what we see in West Africa, for example, let's pick some examples. Alassane Ouattara in Côte d'Ivoire, he changed the constitution mm -hmm. to extend himself into power. Yes. What is more worse? This is a, what I would call a democratic or a constitutional coup through other means, even though he did not take the arms like his... A fellow next door in Burkina Faso, Mali, but he took the gun through other means by changing the constitution mm. and staying in power. What has he done for the people of Ivory Coast? You and I don't know. Mm. You will know how France is managing that country in and out. So these are puppets. The, th the, th the, th the third, uh, uh, the second um, um, uh, example, for example, you look at countries such as um, Senegal, mm. Makisal. The elections were due to happen, I think, in 27th of, 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 of February, mm -hmm. this month. Mm -hmm. The president just did wake up this morning, one morning, that uh, no, the elections are not going to happen. They are going to happen in December. Mm. But we know for the fact that when a leader like Makisal change election date, it means he is preparing a, a shamble mm. of an elections mm. that will let Senegal to be on, on the wrong side of a, a, a democratic governance that they seek to preach mm -hmm. to their neighbors who did the coup in Burkina Faso, Mali, and Niger. Now, now you look at a country like Ghana. There has Nana Kufo Ado has been accused of also employing card-carrying members to the independent electoral commissions and many other decisions of the state. What is much more than a coup than these anti-democratic practices that the so-called democracy in West Africa are doing to their own countries and mm. to their own people vis-a-vis mm. -vis those who took a coup d'etat? And I'm not in any case and I want the listener to get me correctly. I'm not in any case advocating for coup d'etat. Mm -hmm. What I'm advocating for is to look at holistically the context and 
the issue of governance on the continent, mm -hmm. whether it is benefiting the African people with the resources that we have, vis-a-vis -vis the notion of the democratic processes mm -hmm. that we have on the continent, but yet our people are living in squalors. Our people are suffering. Our people are going into the Mediterranean and, you know, mm. drown there. Drown in the sea. Looking for greener pastures. Yeah. Whereas these opportunities could have been created if our mineral resources and, uh, and other wealth that we have on the continent mm. were serving to the benefit of, the, of this continent. Mm. So these are issues that you can always discuss. What is the framework of governance that we need as a continent? Yeah. Is it the democratic process that we, we seek so much and sing so much in the popular media culture? that you have to have regular elections, so you have to do what, so what? Yeah. I mean, I was amazed the, the yesterday, I think the day before yesterday, report coming out that South Africa is one of the countries on the verge of facing social unrest. Mm -hmm. And cited is economical, living economic conditions, mm. infrastructure. Unemployment. Unemployment. Mm. Yet... This is a country with a, democ a solid democratic process and a solid democratic institutions. Mm -hmm. We've got voice notes and a call. I'm going to try and get uh, through to through everybody so that uh, you've responded to everyone when uh, we have to round off. Let's hear the voice notes. Good morning, KG. Really interesting to listen to your expert there on ECOWAS and things like that. And I just wanted to say, it doesn't really matter what type of government, whether you have a military junta or you have a democratic elected government, whatever it is, it's really what those leaders are doing with what they are actually given. So all the, the strengths of the country, how they are used and how they are managed is will generate the, the end result that you're actually looking for. And you know what? A lot of countries, when there are sanctions against them, forces them to look internally and then you actually depend on yourself to grow for growth and everything like that as opposed to just being reliant on other things yeah interesting good morning KGNSAFM listener sorry good morning um you know i'm i'm so happy that at least these African countries, uh, Junta-led countries, Niger, Mali, and Burkina Faso, I, I'm happy with the initiative they've taken. You know, it cannot be business as usual, where this Western country just comes here, take our mineral resources without, and when Africa is still in the dark, people of Africa are still suffering. This is a, this is the, the, a positive direction that this, uh, junta-led countries have taken. I'm so happy. I just wish the the, the, the likes of uh, SADC uh, member states in the in the SADC they they learn from these guys because we cannot have our mineral resources be taken away and we uh, the African people are not benefiting anything at large. Thank you very much. It's Marumu Mahike. Well done, junta-led countries. Well done. Okay, then, Nixon. I didn't want to comment on this issue about. But by the time we say Zimbabwe is under sanctions and the people of Zimbabwe are suffering, that's where I get to differ with you then, because 
as you mentioned in Cote d'Ivoire, that guy who said he has extended, he has changed the constitution to extend his tenure in office. That is the same in Zimbabwe. So you cannot blame that on the sanctions, but it's the bad governance. Thank you. Let me read uh, text as well. There's two uh, before I go to the caller, Tembelithe and Cyrus. Uh, good morning, KG. Mali and Nigerian people, they're fortunate to be protected by their leaders to secure their minerals. But in other hands, people from these countries, they're all over the world. No need. Better life. Itumeleng pizzo. Amelia, I, I don't know. I don't understand that, but maybe Lebu does. Um, that other one, KG, it is surprising for the ECOWAS regional puppet leaders to act fast against the three countries who are now breaking away from the French and West control. But there is another military-led country in Guinea, but they're not part of the sanctioned countries, although they're also led by a military leader. And it is surprising because currently there is an upheaval in Senegal, but the useless ECOWAS is saying nothing. And the Nigerian president is always in Paris and Washington. And what is he doing there in Africa? must be led by people who are not uh, subjects of, I don't know whether you meant puppets or subjects of the West. You are TG. Tembelike in series. Hi. Hi, good day, ma'am. Mm. Look, um, I kind of agree with with, uh, with the guest you have there. Nixon. And he, yeah, and he hits the nail on the head. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm, I'm concerned, more or less um, close to what the other voice note was spoke about. This notion of puppets and so on. Didn't we see what happened to next door here in Mugabe? What happened when he tried to be as bold as he So, on, 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 in his own view, does he think, are they prepared for that? Or are they aware of any situation that the, the counter, any counter attack that may come? Are they ready? Are, whether within Africa as a continent or through Asia? Because we've seen this thing even in, 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 here in Zimbabwe. They run to Asia, and you realize Asia doesn't help much as well. So don't we need each other, the whole world? Okay. Okay, please listen uh, to Nixon's response on the radio, uh, and Thank you for your call. Let me directly address Tembelithian. Okay. So that these countries have faced similar um, problems in the early 60s, and particularly in the 80s for the case <clears throat> of Burkina Faso. For example, you'd recall Thomas Sangara being killed Mm-hmm. for having transformed the country in the four years that he was a military ruler for that country, mm-hmm. uh, bringing economic reliance. Burkina Faso at the time, it was called Hot Volta, and the, he changed it to Burkina Faso, the, the land of the upright men. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the meaning. And when France saw this, they conspired to kill him. Mm. with his own friends, Blaise Compaore, mm-hmm. who then they sustained to rule the country until he was uh, overthrown. Yeah. So there are examples that can be followed. But the question is how the African leaders themselves, how serious do they take the position of these economies in a broader family of nations? Because as Africa, I feel that we have not been able to determine our position as a continent and stick by it as a collective collective Mm. and say that we produce so much of mineral resources. Mm -hmm. For example, case of the DRC, which is producing about 70% of the world 
uh, cobalt, mm -hmm. which is needed in the industries, yet mm -hmm. the DRC is suffering. And all of us as a continent, we just let things happen, allow this uh, ruling elite rule over us unabatedly and rassack our economies without looking at what do we need for the continent. Mm. And, and, I, and I think that that is one aspect that now as a African young people and intellectuals, they need to sit down and start redefining when we need to be as a continent. Mm. Uh, the other caller spoke about Zimbabwe and uh, the issues of uh, of, of congratulating the, the I, I do agree more with what they are saying. Mm. For the case of Zimbabwe, I think it's more or less, and, and for, for you to understand the case of Zimbabwe is to understand how the world a, a geopolitical economy functions. In the first place. In the first place. Mm. The institution, the Bretton Woods institution, particularly the World Bank and the IMF, that if you ever go against their policies, neoliberal policies, then you are tagged as an enemy, you are even when you want to liberalize in your own country and making sure that your economy benefit the people. Of course, might, in Zimbabwe, in the case of Zimbabwe, they might have done it differently, but the answer was at least to break away from these neoliberal policies. And hell no, Zimbabwe is facing what it is on a sanction that will impose on the leaders, but the people are suffering. Sure, we've got no time anymore. We have to leave it here. But thank you. What happens now, though, uh, Nixon? What happens now, according to your instinct? I think there are lessons to, to, uh, that are going to be learned from West Africa, and particularly from these uh, junta leaders. Yeah. If they continue on a, service, on a service of growing the economy, uplifting the general lives of the people, and making sure that they do not backslide yes. in being... Uh, a, a vassal state and a puppet of the French uh, in, in that region. And that is, uh, for me, an important lesson that other African leaders can draw on how to uh, have an economic participation in their countries. It could be here in South Africa, it could be in Zimbabwe, it could be... We can't be producing platinum in this country. It goes out and yet the people in my king do not have water or or electricity some in, in some cases. But we wonder what that means and, and for the institution of e democracy. Exactly. Yeah. We'll leave it there. Nixon uh, Katembo is African Affairs Analyst and Channel Africa Producer. We, uh, you know, we have time constraints here all the time. Thank you to Lebu Musoewu and Ntabiseng Chilwane, the producers. 